You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, and welcome to episode 63 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli. With me today are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Suze and I are so happy because baseball season has started and the Red Sox have beat the Yankees twice so far. Yep. And if you're a true Bo Sox fan, you know that Yankees suck. Now we're going to get hate mail. We're going to get hate mail. My, well, you know what? My eldest son, I accidentally, when he was small, I dropped him on his head. And he became a Yankees fan, and I and he's a Cowboys fan, and I have no idea why he's not a Red Sox fan and a Patriots fan. It just boggles my mind. I always tell him, I think I dropped you on your head when you were a kid. Elisa, does you have so. a kid that's a Cowboy fan? Two of my boys. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's just my in, husband. My husband is Giants, New York Giants, mm-hmm. and a Yankee fan. My he- boys are Yankee fans. And two of them are, are Dallas Cowboy fans. How can you live in the house of a Yankee fan? Uh, yeah, I can't believe it either. It's it's tough. Though though one time, I think I told the story before, when my husband and I went to a, a soccer game, one of my kids' soccer games, the Yankees and the Red Sox were playing that day, and I had on a Red Sox hat. My husband had on his Yankee hat, and people kept staring at us, seriously wondering how we could be married. <laughs> And we thought, really? Oh, man. It's just a game. Wow. That's I, funny. I, I will say this again. I grew up hating all things Boston, but I still understand how somebody would not be like the Yankees if they were a Red Sox fan. I mean, that well, that's I, like I have to say, though, oil and water, isn't it? I have, to, <laughs> I have to say, though, I mean, I do hate the New York Jets. I will never like the New York Jets, but... That well, you said, have no reason to like them. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I can't stand them. I never liked Rex, Rex Ryan at all as a coach, uh-huh. and yeah. I just don't like them. I just think they're a little bombastic. They're always in your face and, you know, mm-hmm. trash talking. So when Mark Sanchez did that butt fumble, I just still, I think that's the greatest play in NFL <laughs> But that being said, I think with when you go to a Red Sox game and you just see how the rivalry is there um, – I, that being said, I think the Yankees, I think Derek Jeter is one of the most classiest guys in baseball. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think he's just uh, a stellar player. And I think he seems like a, you know, a very nice man. And so, I mean, there's, my son won't even give Derek Jeter that credit, but I do, because mm-hmm. I think you have to look at the person. Now, Alex Rodriguez is another story entirely, <laughs> but, you know, I think if they didn't, it was all started with the babe, you know, going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. So I, I don't right. think you'll ever, you know, that's one of the greatest rivalries in sports history. I yeah. just, I, I, it's fun to be a part of that, actually. Yeah. You know, it's just actually, when, got- it's just when things get out of hand and people get really nasty. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I went to a Red Sox Yankee game at Yankee Stadium and the fans, the Yankee fans were just very crude. Mm. Very foul mouth. Well, the Boston Reds, the, the, yeah, but the Boston, if you go to Fenway Pack, let me tell you, sweetheart, they're just the same. <laughs> yeah, there's, no re- there's no reason for that. I mean, as no. much as I dislike the Yankees, I'm not going to curse them out. Yeah. Oh, at oh. the end of the day, it's still, it's just a game. Yeah. I know, I, I, but I they're, that, they I were brutal. But, some of those behaviors to a little bit too much beer. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. Because some of yeah. Boston's finest. You know, the last time I went to Fenway, some of Boston's finest. They always have to be there and taking out, you know, rowdy people. But, you know, I, I, it's not soccer. Look at soccer. They freaking riot in soccer. So I remember when I lived in Philly, there were pe- I worked with people that would uh, schedule their vacation around opening day and, and certain games. Uh, and you knew they weren't going to be at work that, those days. So those, they have some rabid fans. Whole, they, they, they build their whole life around that whole uh you know, the, the baseball thing. And a lot of them start when, when their kids play, you know, in Little League. And it's just, it just a I know. family thing. Really, baseball is really the more family uh, event, though. Uh, it can get a little rowdy in, its, in the stadiums. So, I have know. tickets. I have tickets for two games this year. I'm going to see the Red Sox-Mets in August. I've never been to City Field. Mm-hmm. And to show 
to show what a good mother I am. <laughs> we have tickets for my husband and I and two of my kids for my son's birthday. We're going to Yankee Stadium oh, man. to see um, the Yankees against, who is it? The Angels. Oh, okay. And we got the, we got the, um, the Jim Beam seats. So we paid a fortune wow. for these seats, wow. but it's my son's. It's for my son's birthday, mm-hmm. so he's excited about it. I said, "That's what, that's how good a mother I am." <laughs> I'm going you, to sit there. You are a good mother. And at Yankee Stadium, though I plan on wearing my Red Sox shirt and rooting for the Angels, but <laughs> <laughs> I may not come home alive. So, <laughs> well, my husband when he when we lived in Arizona, he you know he followed um, the the Diamondbacks, and they'd go up to Phoenix to see that. And then here, uh, the Texas Rangers, that they have a beautiful stadium up in Arlington. So they, you know, they go and um, my son and my husband go up and see some baseball games up there. I don't because it's so stupid. that It's a beautiful stadium, but I swear it's the only stadium in the South that's an open stadium. You know, at least in Phoenix – you know, they had an air-conditioned stadium. And you have to because it's so hot in the South. I mean, when you're dealing with 100 degrees or and above, you know, to, to sit there, you know, even gauging. I don't see Arizona as being inducive to play baseball. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's really popular. But, you know, in, in Dallas, I don't know why they never made that, you know, um, a stadium that's air-conditioned or at least to have the ability to open up you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the, the humidity, the roof, the, the roof, the humidity in yeah. Dallas is outrageous. So, yeah. Well, mm. it's not as bad as, you know, New Orleans, but yeah. I, it, it, it does get very humid. And, you know, so that's why it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it's not enjoyable for me to be sitting there hot and, you know, the sun's beating down on me and I'm sweating. Ugh, I just, it's not enjoyable for, enjoyable for me to watch. So, but you know, but you are a good mother, Elisa. I think yeah. that's pretty sweet. Yeah, you're, you're nice. <laughs> well, now that you've heard the sports report, <laughs> the three geeky lady version, uh, we wanted to talk today about home technology. This is really going to be the Vicky show. Yes. Today has a lot yes. to offer. No, no. I only well, have... Since- I only have a few things. Yeah. That I, I don't use. use I don't use home technology, so this is going to be a learning experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. As for the listeners, so Vicky, why don't you get us started with uh, some of the products that you use or that you're familiar with? Well, I'm I'm gonna throw this caveat out here. It's, I have one of the products. I have never installed it in my home, but I <laughs> it, I played around with it and I use it for a uh, previous job that I had. Um, uh, and, and the company uh, is the brains behind, has the technology behind how this stuff works. Um, it actually uh, virtualizes these different appliances in the cloud. And it provides a, a, a gateway so you can connect to your Wi-Fi and so on. Um, that's that's my experience. I actually work with um, the company that's that uh, um, developed this technology. Uh, and now the first one I have is in the lighting category, and I'm just going to uh, spend time on uh, the Othram Lightify Starter Kit. And then I'll mention a couple of other ones that are their rivals and, and some of the differences between the two, the three. Um, Othram Lightify is a starter, it has a starter kit, which it consists of, I believe it's two bulbs and um, uh, a gateway. And it's a Wi-Fi connected LED light. And it's controlled via your mobile app. Um, and this includes um, uh, a free app that you, uh, of course, the app is free. And you install it on your smartphone, on your tablet. And it lets you control um, LED products that are networked, such as the lamps, luminaries, um, you know, your LED strips and garden lights. And you can control them individually or you can control them in a group, in any room or even outside in your garden. Um, and, but you need that starter kit and the app to get started. And it, as I said before, it consists of a gateway and an intelligent LED lamp. Um, uh, the gateway uh, uh, works by wirelessly connecting to your uh, Wi-Fi environment. Um, I believe there's also a way to directly connect it to your um, but your your router, your internet router, you, you can direct, you can directly connect it to it, or you can wirelessly uh, connect to it. Um, and what's really great about the Osram Lightify kit is that 
you can you're able to change the colors to they have they have several white tones or, or or that you can use or you can illuminate up to 16 million colors and that's the RGB color circle uh you can use the RGB color circle in the app and you can select an almost unlimited unlimited number of colors uh 16 million colors is an extreme number but you can only save 16 colors and, and but you can modify them at will uh, it also has this color picker, color picker feature, uh, which lets you use your photo or your smartphone uh, to take a photo and then pick a color from that photo and use your lightify lamp light to light up in that very same color. So it's it's pretty creative in terms of the colors that you you can come up with, and you can save these things. Uh, you can create and save these personal lighting scenes to be used again and. And um, set the mood. Uh, you can use this for individual or groups of lights. And there's a preset lighting scene also where where you can create that that they've already have set up for relaxing. It provides a calming light, an active uh, one which provides a sort of bluish white light. You can also use the preset light sequences to control them from anywhere in the world. For instance, uh, if you're in Europe, and you decide to just want lights to come on your house, you can do that too. It's sort of as a security feature. Some people think that a dark house invites, you know, uh, robbers or people to to break in. So you can actually use that too. Just so they simulate as if you're present in the home. And you can also have this to work in conjunction with your security system, uh, where as if alarm goes off or someone's motion detection in the back, the lights can come on. It's um, also, um, what's great about this is pretty much plug and play. Um, you hooked up the router up and you use the app to actually configure it. Um, uh, you can also expand and integrate up to 50 different LED products into this to into one Lightify system. And of course, control that, whole, that, that entire uh, set of products with that one app. Um, there are other ones. There's the Belkin Wemo and there's the Philips Lux Bulbs. Um, they also allow you to customize them to your own moods, but they don't have the different color uh, features that uh, Lightify has. And the price is like $59.99 for Lightify. For Wemo starter kit, it's two bulbs and a gateway for $99.99. Philips Hue Lux LED starter kit has one bridge. Um, that you can you, you you can have and it has um, it's ninety nine ninety uh, it's seventy nine ninety nine that is gives you two bulbs uh, and as well as an Ethernet cable and a power adapter. Um, so uh, the Osram Lightify is cheaper and it's just much more flexible than the other uh, kits, but they all work pretty much the same. Um, so um, Suzanne, you said you knew someone that had this in their home. Yeah, my friend, um, you know, that passed away in uh, January, Jackie Richards. Uh, she was a member of my Mac. She had the Philips Hue, and she purchased it for herself as a birthday present. She had gotten some money for her birthday, and she said, I have to have this. So she bought the starter kit, and they're not. it's not cheap. I mean, the starter kit... I think the starter pack on Amazon, I think when I looked it up, was like $185. I'm looking at it right now. It's $183.50. Um, so that includes the Hue Bridge and three bulbs. But what was so cool about that is when we brought her home from the hospital, we had dinner at the dining room table, and she was pretty weak, so she was sitting in her chair. And she asked me for her phone. So I gave her the phone, and we were eating. And all of a sudden, I'm noticing... I said, the lights are changing. And I'm thinking, Where, how are the, all these colors? And she just laughed. It amused <laughs> her so much that she was sitting there in her chair, not feeling great, but she was setting the mood for us. And so what I thought was really cool when I asked her about it, she showed it to me, is that you're absolutely right. You can change all these different colors, but you can also have themes. The app itself, Hue, has themes. So uh, from your iPad or your iPhone or whatever smart phone you have with the app it's very well done is that you can have like a beach theme and it'll have like some orange and blue lights and you think it may be kind of tacky or 
the way I'm saying it or kitschy, but it's really cool. And, you know, they have a nice soft, uh, white, you know, light and it's just very well done. It was a lot of fun to play around with that. She absolutely adored, adored that kit. So, yeah, but you can also get the one bulb. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, you that's can. like fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yes, you can. You can. Yeah, that's sort of like I don't know what you would do with that one bulb. I don't see how creative you can be with that one, but I guess you can. You know, yeah. If that's the only light source in the room. Yeah, it, it, it will work just fine instead of moon. Vicky, are you familiar with any kits that you could use outside, like your outside lighting to turn yeah, on and the, off? Yeah, you can use uh, the Osram uh, has garden lamps that you can also control in the same way. Well, I mean, like your your outdoor spotlights. Yeah, they have outdoor lights that you can use, and you, it, 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 it can control any light that any one of their bulbs. You can take take one of their bulbs, and that's for motion detection or whatever big, huge uh, ones too. They have all kinds of lights that uh, you can use, and it's controlled by that app. You just got to make sure it's one of their smart bulbs. Because that's what I would be interested in. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking about that, too, because I have dark spots in my backyard that, you know, I can't see my little dog when he's outside, so that's sort of scary. Well, I have, along that same line about the lighting, I think you're absolutely right, Vicki. Um, you know, Turning on and off your lights doesn't necessarily make a safer house, but it's always nice. It might give somebody pause if all of a sudden they see a light come on or, you know, there's several lights, you know, on in the house. I mean, uh, you know, granted, that's not the only security system you should have, but I like to know that, you know, we can turn on lights. And normally when we go away, we always have them on timers, you know, but again, it's not random, you know, because you set the timer on it, you know, say for seven o'clock the light's always going to go on every night at seven o'clock. So if somebody's scoping your house, you know, they're going to, ah, they got, they probably had the lights on the timer. Um, but we ended up getting some GE link, uh, the wireless smart LEDs because they weren't as cost prohibitive as the Philips hue. Uh, they're a heavier light bulb. I like them very much at am on Amazon. They're about $15 and they're prime. So if you're a prime member, uh, they have a two pack for fifty, and they have a six pack for eighty seven ninety nine. And again, you can control them with a uh, a hub. So there's SmartThings hub that, uh, and the Wink connected hub is a GE hub that uh, that we have. And the and the hub is about the Wink is about forty one dollars. And again, that's Prime too. So you can get them in two days. I'm all about getting things fast. But what I like about it, it allows you control your lighting you know, from the app on your smartphone. So to me, it's a little more random when you are uh, in Europe or you're traveling and you're connected to Wi-Fi that you can turn your lights on in your house. I think that's just a really cool feature. Mm -hmm. I I really do. And, or if you forget, you know, if you start to go somewhere and you have a dog like we do now, you know, I think, oh shoot, we didn't leave a light on for poor widget. Mm -hmm. No problem. You know, you can just uh, turn on a light. I, I love the fact that home automation is really becoming so big. And, you know, with Amazon, I'll talk about that in a little bit with their home kit, you know, SDK. That's, I think it's just going to explode soon. I really do. Cause everybody's getting really excited about being able to control things on your iDevices. And now that with the Apple watch, you can control it from your wrist. So, <laughs> how cool is that? Oh, geez. Let me just, uh, let me just go to my watch, darling, and turn on the light. It is 10 now, o'clock. <laughs> since I have no experience with any of this, is it something that can you, you can turn on the light, but can you set it so that if you are, in, you know, Suzanne, you're in France and you can, you say, turn this light on at four o'clock and turn it off at 10 o'clock? Or is it something where you have to go into your phone, you turn it on, and then you have to go back into your phone to turn it off? No. You can you can no. do a smart scheduling. You can yeah. do a smart. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. Th- yeah, you can do it with the, the GE. I don't know how the Philips work. I'm assuming the Philips is going to be, you know, where it's more expensive, it's probably going to be just the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can, you can automate it through the app and you so you can you know you can turn off it you can turn it on you can dim it you know so you can do all of that mm-hmm. okay yeah and you can yeah. control the individual light bulbs you can control them as a group however you want to set that up but you know we had the wink app 
uh, on our phone. So we do it via the Wink app. And again, we have the hub, but it, there's a lot of different hubs. And I also provided a link. I'm not going to talk about it, but I provided a link in our show notes um, through Amazon for their home automation products. And you will see some of those hubs that you can purchase to work with these light bulbs, you know. And so as long as you have the hub set up, I mean. That's the thing that a lot of the uh, companies, um, not only um, I see Amazon is into it. Home Depot is talking about doing it, too. They have having their own home automation system where you can use. You don't have to have all these multiple products that are separate. They, they all are integrated together. It's all home integration uh, uh, technology. Sears is also talking about doing it. Um, and I talk about some of their products. Uh, um, well, let me do it right now. They, they have their, uh, Sears has, um, well, not Sears, Whirlpool is one of the ones that uh, has all of these appliances in your home that allows you to um, uh, control them um, from, your, um, from, a, from an app. Um, they have refrigerators, they have their washers and dryers, um, um, and just about any appliance that you have in your home that, um, that can alert you about things. For instance, your refrigerator door being open, or um, if you want to run a refresh cycle on your uh, washing machine, um, you can all control that from an app. Uh, and some of their products can not, not only text and email you, they can speak to you and tell you when they're, they're having issues. Uh, so the kids will know, oh, you left the refrigerator, the refrigerator's open. Instead of just beeping, it'll say refrigerator open. Um, uh, it'll, it can warn you to certain things that are going wrong with your uh, appliance. For instance, you have a power outage to your refrigerator or uh, water pressure to a washer. Um, and it'll tell you, of course, when the cycles are done in, in a washer and dryer or, or uh, dishwasher. And you are able to use these remote control settings um, and to activate uh, washing clothes. Of course, you would have to have the clothes in the washer at the time. Um, and it's already set up. Uh, I don't think that any of them has has any way to automatically put detergent in the, in the washer. Uh, so you, that's the next step for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you can set it to energy saving modes and turn your dryer onto wrinkle cycle mode or so from wherever you are. Um, the thing about all of those is, of course, yeah, these have to be set up and they're sort of impractical in a kind of strange way. And But it's really uh, convenient if you remember that you forgot to take the washer, the clothes out of the washer, and they've been in there all day long, and you know they're going to probably smell mildewy. So right before you come home, you run that washer, and then now you have to just, just dump them back into the, the in the dryer. And one of the best things about it is that it does diagnostics on your products. And in some case, it, cases, it will call back home and tell the people in their customer service department that, oh, I got, that's an issue with this appliance. Uh, let me call the homeowner and tell them that this needs, this issue needs to be resolved. Um, and of course it can, it has features that can tell you about different energy saving, uh, techniques that you can use based on how you use your refrigerator. If you open and close it a lot or whatever, uh, it tells you when to change the water filters in your fridge. And as I said before, it it can also run a maintenance cycle. Uh, you know, a lot of these front loaders, you have to run a, a a freshening cycle on it because it gets this strange kind of smell in it for some reason. And uh, you run that cycle and it will uh, a certain kind of uh, uh, cleansing uh, uh, product and it will make the washer smells fresh. So it'll warn you about, well, you've gone a couple of months. It's time for you to run this fresh cycle. So it's just convenience. Um, none of these things are must-haves, but it really is cool to know that you know you can control things like your refrigerator being open, and you can get your kids to get off their dead, dead butts and get on there and close the refrigerator, which is an experience I've had with my niece and nephew recently. And my refrigerator just beeps at you, and they can hear the pizza man. When he drives into our community and he's about a mile away, but they can't hear the beeping refrigerator standing at the doors open. It's called selective hearing. I know, <laughs> but it will be nice if you could program it to say, you know, Bria, Sean, go downstairs and close this refrigerator now. <laughs> What's that? 
Well, what I think was really cool uh, when about with Apple is, you know, when they decided they were going to get into the home automation, which, which makes total sense when you think about, you know, what we have in our hand. We have a really powerful computer that we use in our hand, you know, our smartphones all the time and our tablets. So I don't I did put a link in there um, for about HomeKit for our listeners, because basically what HomeKit is, is Apple uh, has created a, a language for smart devices. So, uh, it, you know, people that manufacture some of these home pro- products, their products can understand that language and they can support it. So with the home kit, what Apple, what they give you is they give you Siri. So you can control your smart devices with your voice. So again, if you have an Apple watch, you can just say, Siri, can you turn the lights on, you know, in my house? So I just think that is so incredibly cool. I really love living in this time mm-hmm. uh, right now with all the technology uh, just going crazy. But they did partner. They have quite a few partners. I think uh, last year they said that uh, iHome, uh, Philips, Belkin, Honeywell, um, they have quite a few manufacturers they're already working with to um, you know, develop these, these uh, home automation devices for us. So I think that's, it, it's not quite there yet. I, di- I was surprised they didn't, uh, you know, launch it or, uh, you know, to more talk about it with some of their, with some of their uh, keynote, you know, speeches, but they didn't. So I, I think eventually, I'm just hoping when they come out with Apple TV, that will be Siri enabled too. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Just yeah, to be, say, Siri, you know, start playing, um, you know, House of Cards. Oh, that'd be just fabulous. I really love Siri. I use Siri a lot. I really do. I, I, if like yesterday I was driving and of course I don't text when I drive. So I just had Siri. I said, can you send, I said, send a text message to Michael. And she said, what do you want it to say? And I said, back out of the driveway because we had to play musical cars. And you know, when I was there he was. He was backing out. It's just great. I really mm-hmm. love. I use Siri all the time. I don't know if you you both do. But I, I, would... I definitely do in my car uh, all the time. I I hear a beep and I notice a text message. Say, Could you read me my text message? It's what I use it for a lot. Um, uh, where's the lo- ne- where's the next um, Arco gas station and that that kind of stuff? It actually works in my my hometown. It doesn't always work when I'm on the road, like in the Bay Area. Sometimes it doesn't work well, but in this uncluttered country a town that I live in where there's not a lot of people using their phone I guess it, it works quite well um, see Siri yeah. doesn't work when it's supposed to for me if I say hey Siri nothing happens but yesterday I was watching a show on Netflix and one of the characters said seriously and Siri went off I had it happen too yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time because it was plugged in I was charging yeah. my iPad yeah. and I had to rewind and go back and it happened again and then the third time I had to turn off the volume get past that little scene and then turn the volume back up again. Yeah. yeah. Tom Smith said that, that it happened during our uh, podcast. You know, we did the podcast with a guest and I said something uh, and uh, it wasn't Siri or anything. And it cost his phone to, right. uh, Siri to how, answer. Well, yeah. How many phones went off with, with Suze saying, Hey, Hey, you. hey, you. Hey, Siri. Well, you know, I. Hey, Siri. I'm saying thing now. Is with, Oh, it with, worked. <laughs> getting back to the home kit with Apple, though, I just yeah. don't know. I mean, they're going to have to use some type of bridge, I would imagine. And I, would, I don't know if they would use Apple TV as the bridge, you know, to connect everything. I, maybe not. Maybe we'd have to buy another. Oh, they're hub. Apple TV, <laughs> which they're coming out with. <laughs> you know, because you'd have to have some type of hub. So I don't know if it'll be like an airport type of thing. Mm-hmm. The only problem with some of this automation, it makes some of the products in your house obsolete right away. That's that's um, the only what, troubling what? thing. What would be obsolete? Well, say for instance, they have to to be able to integrate HomeKit, you know, with um, with your with the with the Apple Watch and your iDevices or any smart, you know, or y- other products with smartphones. That you, I mean, I don't think Wink would. Okay, Wink's not going to be able to use that. So you'd have to have some type of bridge for HomeKit to work, you know, especially if it's Siri enabled. So would they integrate that device in a new airport or would they integrate it with an Apple TV? Because that way, 
What are you saying? saying? To control it from Apple TV. Yes, oh, absolutely. I'm saying to control. It'll just be an app. You just load up an app to control it. But you still have to have have a hardware. You still have to have a hardware bridge. You have to have a hardware bridge. As long as that app, as long as that that application can, that product can communicate through via Wi-Fi, it can connect to the app. Right, but if you have non-home kit devices, if you have other smart devices in your home that aren't home kit devices, you would, in order for Siri to be able to control that, you'd have to have some type of hardware bridge. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Or not necessarily hardware, but you've got to have some kind of way for that device to get communication signals from whatever, be it the, well. It, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Wi-Fi, yeah, yeah, a Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that the problem is, is everybody wants their own app and everybody wants their own appliances to be separate because that data and information that's been sent back and forth between your machine is valuable information to marketers. But see, but yeah, um, but I think, but Apple usually encrypts everything, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm just telling you that most uh, Apple's not using that data for anything. Uh, I don't think any uh, company would have anything to do with them. They thought that Apple was going to use that data because it's valuable information. That's the most valuable thing. We worry about people listening to our phone calls and we let all these companies use our data, our information. It's very important. It sends information sometimes in regards to your where your, where your house is and all kinds of stuff that's much more um, um, uh, confidential and, and, and uh, potentially um, um, uh, security uh, 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 concerns than say, okay, I have a Visa card, you know, Um, and we have no problems with, right. But it's like with Apple pay, like, you know, you had CBS and Walmart and it was what the MCX consortium that said, no, we're not going to accept that. They're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But yet if you join, if you want to pay with, with at Walmart and use their particular app, they, that's linked to your bank account. Yeah. The thing is with Apple pay, it's not. And it's just information encrypt- on your card that you're going to have to, they are scanned and get off anyway. Right. But yeah. to me, at the Apple Pay is far more secure than, you know, the MCX. And hasn't that already been like hacked into? I think, I don't know if Anonymous did it or what, but mm-hmm. it already uh, got hacked into. I would never, ever, ever trust, you know, I, I know yeah. people will yeah. say, you know, well, Apple is becoming the evil empire, but still... So is no, Google. There, I mean, there's so still is, ways so for people. Google. There's still issues with people hacking into your refrigerator and I getting know. onto your land and doing kinds of crazy stuff. That's the reason why they want their. A lot of these companies want their own cloud, um, and um, it probably could be the death knell of the company I used to work for. Is that uh, they're using it as a test bed to determine if they want to build their own cloud. Um, and but are um, are we getting overwhelmed with all these cloud services too? I don't I mean, think people. I don't think we know what to do with the cloud. Everybody just, just like to use that word, and uh, it's it, and they don't really know what the heck that means to them in their businesses. You know, I can see with yeah. applications moving there into the cloud because we really don't need to have applications installed on our computer. You know, if you have right, most of these, right. most of these, everything's connected to the internet. You know, practically. So you really don't. You can have a local version download on it too, like a client version of the application. And the data stored up up in the cloud, and um, uh, you really don't need to install anything on your computer other than your client access to it. Um, that makes sense. You need to use less disk space. You can um, um, uh, they can make money in terms of a service instead of you constantly having to upgrade your computer. You don't even need to be aware of the, of the upgrades because they're automatically be occurring. But the um, cost the cost for cloud space, Vicky. For one thing, you know. Apple has their own cloud. Adobe, if you want to use the creative cloud, you have to pay for a subscription. Yep. And then, of course, you've got Dropbox. So if you want to, you know, I love Dropbox. And, you know, if you want to uh, have a subscription to Dropbox and get the, the Premiere Pro plan, that's 100 bucks a year. Uh, Google has their own cloud. I mean, I think, the, you, you know, you're getting to the point, I think we are, that we're just having so many uh, cloud services offered to us, mm-hmm. and of course, most of them are subscription-based, that 
how much of that do we want to pay for? I'd like to just have one solid cloud space. Like say, you know, instance, even if I had to pay for Apple, I had, I got the 200 gig space, but yet, you know, if they say my photos are all stored in the cloud, I really would like to see that. I, you know, I know they're launching photos pretty soon, but I, it's like Dropbox. When I put all my photos into Dropbox or I put a, 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 a big folder of, uh, excuse me, photographs there, I can see them. I can't see the stuff on Apple and that kind of bugs me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to see yeah. my photos and, um, I don't know. I just think that, okay, I'll pay for that. And then, you know, if I wanted to use creative cloud, well, it's, it's going to cost me a hundred bucks for Adobe. It's just, it's just, I think it's getting a little crazy. I personally. think that what happens with Apple is it happens with a lot of companies is they just want to get into the space and they throw something out there. That's not yeah. complete. And it's, exactly. just, it's, it's frustrating. It's truly frustrating. But in this particular case with these smart environments, the cloud is used just to store your um, configuration information. For instance, if you set up these scenes, some of that, that information is up in the cloud so that your app has access to it. And the virtualization information, which is the message that you're sending from the app to the device, it, all that information is interpreted in the cloud. So that's how it's being used uh, uh, in this in the smart home environment, yeah, uh, as, as you can see, that information is very important, you know, and it can be sort of uh, a security risk too. If if somebody tapped in and knows, okay, so those lights come on, I can control these people's lights, I can control, you know, um, or they can actually hack in and then connect to your internal network in your home, um, and you don't want that. But they, they're they're uh, ways of, of securing it and. Um, it will be very difficult. You would actually have to hack into that cloud to to do that. And um, hopefully, the, the cloud service people have uh, are able to combat those kinds of uh, hacks. Though they say that this has happened before uh, with some uh, smart refrigerators. Um, okay, my next thing you talked about Apple HomeKit. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you guys remember the little trusty little Nest application? Oh God! Um, I, I, if I if I could only have one, but see, we don't have that type of heating or cooling system in this house. But I'd give yeah. anything to have a Nest, anything. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Cool. They had some issues, you know, before where they had smoke detectors going off, and and, and they weren't quite ready for prime time. Dust was causing them to to go off. You know, sometimes technology is great, but you got to just make sure first that the doggone thing works as a thermostat first before you connect to the cloud and start talking about mobile mobile apps for it. Um, but I think they clean up their act a bit. Uh, so Nest um, has a thermostat, uh, a smoke and a, a carbon monoxide alarm products. And it, it, it speaks and alerts you via the phone. And what's really clever about it is that it's, it's it you you know the issues that you have with your smoke detector going off because you you burnt the pie in the oven. You could actually tell it to hush, to be quiet. You know, I'm aware of this. Um, you can have it in your uh, the kids' bedroom and then tell the kids alarm, alarm, I'm smelling smoke, and give them instructions to get the heck out of the room. Um, and it's much more friendlier than beep, beep, beep. They don't know what it is. It's just panic uh, or whatever. Um, so it's, it's clever. It's cute. Um, it um, is just the way I think that thermostats and things are going to go in the future. It's not going to be this kind of crazy uh, um, thing that you got to pull out the book every time you want to program it, uh, which is what I have to go through when I go from winter to summer <laughs> with mine and it still doesn't work the way I think it should work um, and um, you can control it remotely of course which is convenient you know you're on a road coming home and you want to have, make sure that the house is cool you can you know set it or you forgot to turn the air condition off that is, can be a big nightmare um, um, because, uh, to your utility bill you can turn it off using that too uh, I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have to have carbon monoxide uh, detectors in your home? Yes, yes, we yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I had to. I got solar panels on my house. Thank God, uh, which means I don't pay for electricity anymore. Um, and um, I had to have my house uh, uh, inspected, and carbon monoxide detectors were required. You know, when I first bought the house four years ago, 
that wasn't a requirement. Now they are. You have to have them. Um, so that's one of the things uh, that's really convenient to, um, to have auto- automatically in your smoke detector instead of having the, what I have is a separate uh, carbon monoxide uh, detectors in, in the house. Um, well, I think another cool thing with nests, number one, you get the little leaf. I think it encourages people to get that little green leaf when they are yeah. saving money. Yeah. But it's yeah. the things that work with nests, nests too, because mm-hmm. big-ass fans works with nests. So you can, mm-hmm. like you were talking about, you know, the Whirlpool washers. Mm-hmm. And I think drop cam works with them too. Uh, and Mercedes, on their website, it says Mercedes um, – Basically, will te- yeah, yeah. will will basically tell Nest you're on your way, so you can either cool or heat the home. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. just it's amazing. I mean, isn't yeah. that amazing? Seriously, that's so cool. Yeah, Homelink is pretty cool. It's like one of the most popular, uh, you know, um, uh, control systems for cars and um, yeah, in home environments. And the the guy that invented Nest basically was a former Apple. Um, employee so mm-hmm. you know i think i just the design of that is really beautiful i love the minimalist design i would just love to have a nest but you know it's a bummer well i have um a, a home automation uh, thing and we had talked about using you know smart bulbs mm-hmm. for to augment home security we purchased one and we'll probably purchase another it's iSensor HD. This was a Kickstarter uh, campaign, I believe. And it is a security camera. Very easy to install in your home. Uh, it has a, uh, it's, you know, of course, it's, you know, all Wi-Fi. You, you have an app. Um, it has a motion sensor. So what happens is that if it detects, it has 100, it, it swivels like 180 degrees. And the only problem, it doesn't see through like windows, so be aware of that. And it is, it can be a little glitchy at times, but it does have a motion sensor. So when it detects anything, um, it detects motion, it will send you a text um, and it will, you know, let you know uh, that, you know, it's, it's gone off for some reason. So I would like to get another one because... Um, I think, you know, we just have one. It's great to, you know, look at the dog and stuff. But I think having two, two or three would probably be good. Uh, It does have, it it will send you a photograph or text so you can either call the cops. It doesn't do anything like that. I mean, you would have to do something like that yourself. But it does give you some cloud space. You get 15, you get free 15, you get 15 gig free of cloud space for Google, but that doesn't cover a lot. That basically makes it just a day's worth um, of security. So if you're thinking about you want to have the video for a longer period of time, you would have to probably be, you'd probably have to purchase more cloud space in order to be able to do that. But it is very compact. Um, We got the white one. Um, No, we got the black one, excuse me. They have white and black, and they're about $160 on Amazon. And the reviews are kind of iffy, but so far, we like it. Uh, they do. It does have a big, uh, super powerful LED white light, so, um, you know, if it does get... If you, it does detect an intruder, that, that flashlight will go on, you know, probably blind them. But, you know, <laughs> and it does have an alarm. So, you know, yeah. of course, when it does that, it has a high-pitched alarm. So, I mean, there are other, there are other uh, wireless video cameras and security systems, but this one seems to be fairly reasonable. Many of them are in the 300 range. So it depends on how much you want to pay for them. Uh, or if you just, you know, want to buy a security system. But I know that ADT and some of the other home security systems now have apps that you can do the same thing pretty much. But you have to pay a monthly fee for them as well. So, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's not perfect, but we'll probably get another one. I think having two of them might be better. Okay. my uh, I think this product is probably... The reason we start talking about uh, smart doing a, sh- a show on smart um, appliances is one of one of our my Mac guys mentioned it um, a couple of weekends ago that 
he got this Chamberlain MyQ um, garage door opener. And that actually is my comp- the company I work for, um, flagship product. Um, it's um, I have a cop I have a um, a version of it that I should be installing in my house. I've had it for years and I still have not installed it. <laughs> um, and it's really easy to install, so it's really stupid for me not to have done that. Uh, but what how it works is it allows you to connect your home to your home from anywhere using a smartphone, as, as most of these products do, control your garage door and your house lights. Uh, and it notifies you when your garage door is open or you forgot to close the garage door. Um, and one of the perks of this thing is if you have kids, it's a wonderful way to know when they came home because they have that garage door opens, you know, exactly what time um, they, uh, they pulled into the driveway. Um, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be popular. That, we were at, um, we were at, um, God, my gosh, my, my, my brain is, is dropping here today. Um, the consumer, like, uh, uh, CS, consumer electronics yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we said that to people, people's head snapped. <laughs> they were like, what? That is an excellent idea. <laughs> Um, and uh, it's been around for a number of years. This is a really good product. It's easy to install. Uh, you get this. Um, 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 it, only, it Also, they have. Uh, it works with any garage door that you have. It doesn't have to be a Chamberlain. A garage door opener that the ones where you have this electric eye thing where um, if you walk um, uh, between that beam and your garage door stop opening, then it will work with yours. That, that's a good uh, way of knowing if it, uh, it doesn't work with the older ones, the, the previous generations before those. Um, so, um, but it, it works pretty well. It's really simple to install. You put it up on the wall. There's this little um, monitoring thing that you put onto the garage and then you use the app to uh, control it. Uh, to And um, one another great thing about this product is I only have two garage door openers, one of which I don't know where it is. <laughs> so, um, of course, I could go buy another one and program it and do all that kind of crazy stuff. But I can actually allow anybody who needs to get into my garage to I can uh, tell them to download an app, give them some uh, an ID or uh, password to log in, and then they can temporarily have access to that. And then also what I can do is go log back on there and change that information so that... Um, they don't have access anymore. Or my gardener can call me. I'm at, at at home and he needs to get into the garage to to change the timers on my sprinklers. I can open the garage for him and close it when he when he's done. So another great thing about this uh, system is that they also have their a MyQ interior light switch or lamp control, and that works in conjunction with. Uh, the, their MyQ garage door opener so that you can uh, control lights and do all kinds of stuff to let people know what's going on. For instance, if the garage door opens, you can make the lights flash in the house so you know that somebody's coming to your garage. That's convenient. That would be convenient for me because I can't tell, I can't hear my garage door even when I'm sit, standing in, uh, I'm in my family room, which is not that far away. I have to actually be in the laundry room, which is right off the garage, to hear the garage door open. Um, so, uh, it's uh, the little security thing, so you know that someone actually came into the, your garage, and you don't you're not startled with them walking into the house. It also works with your home link system, which is you know as as Suzanne mentioned, it's in your cars. Um, you know that's the well, how you can program the garage door to buttons inside your car. That's the home link system. System, uh, so. Um, you can control the lights and also the garage using those those particular things. Um, and that's it for Chamberlain. It's a really good product. So, Vicki, I have a question. Yes. If you have I, – I have two garage doors, mm-hmm. you know, one for my car, one for my husband. Would I have to get two separate units or would the app control both doors? We have two doors? I have a double garage. I have one door that opens my garage and then one door that opens my husband's garage. We don't have like one big door with two bays. I, I, I don't think you can open both garage doors. I think you would have to have a different 
one for each door. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, because yeah, like you know, some people have like, like the one huge door. Mm-hmm. We just have two mm-hmm. separate ones. We do too. So, we do yeah. too. Yes. So if I'm pulling out my car, I don't need to open both doors. I just open up my door, mm-hmm. my garage door, and pull out. And then I've got that little, you know, and our our remotes never work. Yeah. The only time, I see, we have a detached garage. So we have a remote in the car, and then we have a remote in our mudroom. Mm-hmm. So that when we come into the house, we just use the remote from the mudroom to close the garage door. We just like pointed out the door, out the outs, you know, the house door to close it. But they don't work in the car. For some oh reason. yeah, I, so you, you what? Yeah, so you know what? You would need two. You the, need two door sensors, but that one controller will control both of them. They can they can control up to two door two up to two door sensors. So okay, yeah. so I'd need two. Okay, but the one app I could say close, and my you can door, pick which close. one you want to close. Okay, yeah. close yeah. left door, close right yeah. door. Okay, yeah, but if you those people that have three garage doors, you're gonna have to have a separate one for that one. You know so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the two, yeah, it does work. I, I completely forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. And you, there's no way to automatically shut the door either. You have to actually manually do it. There's no, okay, uh, 15 minutes later or 20 minutes later, after it's been open to close it, you would have to, you have to manually do it. It doesn't work like that. But it would let me know if I forgot. Yeah, it'll warn you. Yeah. And I think it use your sort of, uh, after you're a certain distance away, it'll tell you, hey, your garage door is still open. You know, or, or maybe time, a certain time. I don't know. I'm not sure how it works in regards to that. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. That's it for me. Me as well. I, that's all I have. I'm just, I'm just very excited about, um, you know, I think I think I'd like to get another eye sensor. You know, if you, maybe a couple more, uh, well, maybe one more, because they are 150 bucks a piece. But we'll see how those work. But I just think it's, I think home automation itself, just all the smart devices. I, th- I think it's very exciting. I really do. I think it's a selling point for a lot of houses. You know, I went. Yeah. Um, my my sister is just sort of casually looking at houses. Uh, I think she's, I think she's thinking about moving. I don't know what, why, but we went and looked at some houses and. Everybody's coming out, adding like, okay, solar panels are automatically being added to these new homes. Um, all of these uh, smart uh, shades, where the shades go down, you know. Uh, yeah, those you can, you are program neat. Them. Yeah, we didn't yeah. talk about those. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are very cool too. I saw yeah. that. So you can keep your house cool. You know, I, for me, it'll be, okay, the shades will have to go down in the front of my house because that gets the morning sun and most of the direct sun is from that side. And then the backside, I would never have to put the curtains down because it doesn't get hardly any sun. But again, um, it's but, a security thing too. You know, yeah, to security put the shades too. down. Yeah. How cool is yep. that? Yep. Yep. You close the, close the curtains. And so they know that, okay, somebody must be in there. They close those curtains. Yeah. So, but um, I think it's fun. Um, I think it could be a selling point for your home too, if you want to sell your home. And you had all those cool features in there. Um, people love gadgets. Um, and especially useful ones like the garage door openers and the, you know, the light thing and, and everything. So, um, and then you can always rock out your party with, uh, these, these lighting scenes. Oh, the lights are fabulous. <laughs> we're turning it into really a disco. <laughs> oh gosh. We're showing yeah. our age there. I know. <laughs> we're going back to the three C now ladies. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. But, <laughs> Well, I know I've got a lot of uh, research to do after we hang up from this phone mm-hmm. call. So before I think before I even edit the show, yeah. I'm going to be looking some things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like the idea of having the outside lights on. Yeah. yeah. If for no other reason, I mean, you know how sometimes you go out for the day, you think you're going to be home at a certain time, and then all of a sudden it's 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and you forgot to turn on the outside light. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't, you, you, don't, you we walk into your house and it's dark. Yeah, yeah. Right. We have a solar, um, they have a, a, an adapter. I don't know if you've noted that, but we have an adapter um, that you can put into your uh, socket mm-hmm. and then put your light bulb in it. And then the adapter itself is a solar, so it will turn on the light when you um, when it senses you know when it senses it's dark. So we yeah. used that before. That's yeah, I got cool. some night lights like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really yeah, cool. I like yeah. that. I mean, you can use, but I'm what I'm saying is you can use that for your like your porch light or something. Mm-hmm. That's what we use it for. Yeah. So yeah. it does outside lights. So that might what, be an option for you. What's convenient in my community is that all of the, the lights that are on your garage, 
their time to come on, not time, but they're uh, solar, solar sensitive. So in the dark, yeah. the lights automatic. So that, because you get into my house from an alley um, in the back yeah. where the garage is. It, could you imagine how dark it was? My bulbs went out and that was the only house in, back there that didn't have any bulbs. And pulling up to my house, it was, to the garage was just so dark. I said, oh, let me replace this thing. It's, it's much too dark. Um, and could you imagine having to turn it on and off, on and off? Um, that's really Oh, my gosh. That's so much work. And no, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you, when you come home at night, you have to get out of the car and turn it on. But why would you do that? Because you're in the house now. So it's sort of senseless. Exactly. Oh, somebody, in the, had- somebody in the house would have to turn the light on. Um, yeah, we, we had that in Tucson where our yeah. outside, our garage lights were all solar. So, yeah. you know, that was yeah. nice because you never had to think about it. You just had to replace the bulb. You know, yeah, I think the fixture now. itself is solar. So yeah, any bulb you put you. in there, it, it automatically turn, uh, works that way. Exactly. Because yeah. you can change yeah. the bulbs if you want a yellow one to get the, you know, prevent mm-hmm. the bugs from, you yeah. know, uh, a con- you know, conjugating around your light, you can do mm-hmm. that, or just a regular soft light. We were required in Tucson in our development to have soft lights because mm-hmm. of uh, the dark skies yeah. ordinance, which mm-hmm. Kit Peak, which is a uh, observatory, is not far from there, which was really nice because there wasn't a lot of light pollution, and I really like that. So all of the lights uh, in the desert have to be downward facing, you know, so it's really nice, even though you still have ambient light. But they, I, I like the fact they had dark skies ordinance. So you had those soft lights, not really bright lights everywhere. Mm-hmm. Certainly not spotlights, which was I never nice. heard of. I never heard of light pollution. <laughs> really? Just, no, no. Oh no, my! I no. Oh, ambient light pollution. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like here in the south, and you know, well, California is a big one because mm-hmm. of the just the amount of people. And if you do like a, uh, if you look at a map at night with a satellite map mm-hmm. with, you know, lights, mm-hmm. you can see how light pollution, just the ambient light spills for, you know, a long way away from, mm-hmm. you know, cities. So yeah, there it is. Well, there are people pollution. that pay for those city lightscapes, you know, <laughs> I, I, I never understood it. I, I really, I really prefer not to see buildings and lights. I rather see greenery and mountains. Yeah, I think people, people like with, yeah. well, with light pollution, I think you notice it like when we were um, coming, uh, when we were traveling from Maine to uh, Tucson, we stopped in South Dakota and we were, we had an RV because we had four dogs to bring across country and weren't going to fly with them. And we stopped at a campground in South Dakota and I have never seen a sky so black. And it was just as if somebody had just taken the sky and and shook it with, with stars everywhere. It was phenomenal. And I just never forgot that. And I, and it was because there was no light pollution. The Mm -hmm. sky was so black Mm -hmm. and they are all, I read an article not so long ago that, you know, the lightning bugs, we have fireflies or lightning bugs here in Dallas, but they're noticing that they're not as common as they used to be, say in the 1960s or even seventies. And they feel that pesticide use and, uh, light pollution is decimating their numbers of lightning and bugs and fireflies. So, yeah, light how, pollution How does the light is, do that? How does the light uh, pollution do that? I, I, I don't know, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking because they have that little phosphorescent, mm-hmm. you know, mechanism that, you know, make them blink on and off. Oh, maybe they don't need them anymore. They adapted yeah, I'm, to that's what I'm thinking. Is that it, it, yeah. Exactly. I love those kind of, things as a kid. I remember oh, I taking too. a box, putting a hole in it, and then you get that cellophane, cellophane different colored candies that uh, uh, the, the paper is different colors. You put those <laughs> over the holes and you put the little lighting bug in there and then they were light up and you see the different colors. Oh, That's how we amuse ourselves in the South, okay? <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, I, I remember collecting them in mason jars. We'd let them go, at, you know, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. fascinating. Of course, you I put holes love. in the top. Of course. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But I, I love insects. I really do. I don't like cock- insects. Except I like the lightning bugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like cockroaches, but I'll tell you, I really yeah. do love insects. And I think mm-hmm. I think um, fireflies are probably one of my favorites. No, those are my favorite. I love those. Yeah. They're fun. Okay, listeners, we want to know what you use for home automation. Please get in touch with us at 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. You'll find all our contact information for Facebook, for Google+, for Twitter, Um, we'd love to know what you use. Do you use garage door openers? Do you use fancy lights? Do you have the disco ball that Vicky likes? (laughs) Let us know. Um, 
So on that note, I want to say thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. I think we should have like Saturday Night Fever, you know, the theme, the Bee Gees playing right now. Staying alive. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Thanks, listeners. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohen from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, the Tech Fan Podcast part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts.